What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. It is Friday, so of course, Michelle Majuk is here. And very special show today. First football Friday of the year. Niners playing the Steelers. So we're also joined by Michelle's wife, Kate, who is leading the SB Nation coverage of the Steelers at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. What's up, ladies? Hey, hey, we're excited to be here. I have a mimosa partner today. I'm not alone. Since Stats is always too lame to bring one on, the one time I asked him to, he brought on a cup of orange juice with no (laughs) champagne in it. I'm sorry, there's no such thing as like drinkable orange juice without champagne. He was dying that day. He kept coughing because you can't podcast with orange straight acid, man. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. First of all, how do you guys always have like a steady supply of champagne in the house? Um, we have an Aldi right down the street. It's really, I will, I will say, it's really hard to keep champagne stocked in this house. Um, it's, you know, it's it's like the fountain of youth. You know? First world problems, I guess. Hard to keep a fresh supply of champagne in the house. We're gonna <laughs> dive into everything Niner Steelers, but of course, I just want to remind you, like and subscribe to the Gold Standard YouTube page. Become a YouTube channel member, like Dinger Squad down below. Thank you very much. Less than three dollars a month, you get custom emojis priority comment response membership badges and it's a great way to support the show we are eternally grateful for that uh i'm excited it's the first football friday of the year it's niners steelers i've been having to hear all this steelers crap from michelle so now i decided (laughs) to double up on it for today's show um i don't even know where to begin let me ask you this we got to respond quickly to the bosa news michelle how much yeah. does Bosa now being in the fold change your feeling on this game? It definitely makes me a bit more nervous, but it makes me more excited as well. I'm just, I'm excited that the 49ers seem like they're going to have all the guys they need that are healthy. I want this to be both teams are fully healthy. Let's see who wins because I know I've been talking up the Steelers and saying they're going to win. This is going to be a tough game, right? And I have not been able to be excited about my Steelers and it seems like a really long time. So I am finally so excited about a game because I actually think they can keep up with the 49ers who are one of the best teams in the league. So I want to see if they can actually do that. Ken is the offensive line good enough to keep Nick Bosa from terrorizing Kenny Pickett? Can the wide receivers beat up on the secondary? Is our defense good enough to stop one of the best offenses in the league? There's so many questions here. I do think it's going to be a close game, especially now that Bosa's playing, but I was very happy to hear about his uh, extension coming through this week. Yeah. Got me so pumped. What about you, Kate? Does Bosa being there change anything or is it just basically how you felt about this game? I mean, I I think I was going into this thinking there is no way the 49ers didn't get it done. Like it, the 49ers, no offense stats. They, they fumbled on a a couple of just um, situations recently. I was like, they can't fumble this one. I like, I, I kind of was of the mind. There's no way they couldn't have him out there in week one as like, not just a player, not just like a a centerpiece on the defense, but like, that is the heart of your team. He is he is part of the soul of the 49ers. And I, I don't think that like for an organization that's been, you know, had as much going on uh, maybe behind the scenes as the 49ers, mm-hmm. I feel like you need your leaders out there on the field. And I think that sets the tone for the season. So was kind of going into this of the mindset that like, yes, he's going to be there. But I, I do think this actually, you know, probably is is kind of, 
quote unquote good news for the Steelers. Like this is, you know, if, if they pull out this win, this is a legitimate win. I don't think it would have felt like a, as legitimate a win. You know what is really good news for the Steelers? What's that? That Jake Moody and Ray Ray McLeod look like they're going to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in a second, but I wanted to share this because Bosa signed his contract uh, today, or at least the Niners tweeted out a video of it. Listen to the handshake after the signing. It is absolutely wild. Oh my goodness. I don't know what kind of power was behind. That was like John Lynch's stress, just leaving his body now that the deal was official. I was like, whoa. There's some power there. Anyway, I know that's neither hey, here nor He doesn't there. get the pleasure of like running out onto a football field and manhandling offensive linemen. So like right. he's got to get it out somehow. I just, it made me smile. I like to be in a good mood. Michelle knows this, especially on a Friday. Um, did you pick the Steelers to win, Kate? Because Michelle did. I didn't. I did. Um, you know, I, I think this is, this is uh, honestly like, this is the most hope I think I've actually ever had as a Steelers fan. So coming into my fandom, um, you know, I met Michelle, what, uh, end of 2014. So really 20, 2015 season was like kind of the start of things for me. It was the killer bees era, but it still never felt like it never felt good to me. It never felt like things were, were, you know, kind of coming together in the way that they are right now and in the way that this team is achieving balance. And I'm excited. Like, I, I'm excited about this. I think the fact that this is a home game is, is definitely going to be key. First home game for the Steelers in a season opener since 2014. Um, I, I think that's going to be a huge, huge Yeah, this advantage. crowd is going to get crazy. This yeah. crowd is nuts for Kenny Pickett. And I do think that that, uh, you know, that home crowd advantage, uh, especially to start the season when there's this much hope, I think is going to give the Steelers a little bit of an edge. Uh, stats, are we going to put a spoon of mayonnaise on the line for this game? Carlos watching on YouTube says that we should. Uh, it was so bad. Even now, just thinking about it, that makes me convulse. No. I don't know. I don't want you guys to, because I had to listen to the like, oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, I like, I want to no. do it. If you're confident in your team stats, you would put, you, you don't have anything to worry about. Shanahan's two and four in week one in his career. The Niners score less than 17 points a game in week one under Shanahan. Jake Moody, I don't know what the hell is going on with him. It's raining or it was raining in Pittsburgh. So that field could be even tougher to kick on. I don't know. I'll think Steelers about don't it. Have to travel all the way across the country. Right. I'll think about it. Uh, Violent XRP apparently is a big fan of Kate. So there you go. Uh, Steven Duckett says, Hey Rob, I'm here to back you up against your Steeler co-host. I know. I you feel like it. I have to defend the 49ers honor a little bit against both of you. I do think it's going to be a super close game. The The closer I get to it, the more nervous I get. I'll say that. I was feeling mm -hmm. super, super confident. And now that we're actually getting close to the game, I am getting, you know, more anxious and more worried about how this can come down. Because I think like one turnover or one missed field goal or one, like, you know, Ray Ray McLeod maybe fumbles the ball on a, on a return. I think that could be the difference of the game. Just like one small mistake. And that worries me there so yeah as we get close to the game uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little less confident benjamin bear says it's gonna be a good game i think that's like it's oh, I, yeah. i'm just predicting this to be 
a really fun game. And like it, I'm totally not biased as a Steelers fan when I say that. Benjamin says, make it a spoonful of mustard instead. I would be down for that. That's I love mustard. Easy. Yeah. That's not a punishment. That's the problem. Yeah. It's got to be a punishment uh, for sure. All right. Why don't we do this? Why don't I'll say some things that how I would attack the Steelers defense if I were the 49ers and you could tell me why they're either right or wrong or whatever. Cool. If I'm the 49ers, I say Brock Purdy, don't screw it up. First and foremost, protect the ball. But I'm telling him when in doubt, just chuck it to McCaffrey. Because I think Christian McCaffrey against the Steelers linebackers, especially as a receiver, is a huge advantage for the 49ers. Am I wrong about that? Now, we don't actually know, right? Because they changed up their inside linebacker core. They really changed up all of their coverage. Like, everyone that was involved in coverage last year is pretty much gone for the Steelers. And they revamped that whole thing. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be better. They could be worse. They could be the same. It's their first game altogether. But I don't think necessarily we know yet. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey, anything over the middle against the Steelers has been fantastic over the last couple of years. Why are we the only two up here? Yeah, get us the back. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that well, was. I like to, you know, vary it up for the for the people. No, that really caught me off guard. I didn't I didn't like that. I like that you just kept talking through it. You did the the tough part and then you, you know, slammed the brakes on the show after that. That's fine. Uh, Kate, Christian McCaffrey, Steelers linebackers. Am I crazy to think that that's the weak spot on the defense? I think that on paper definitely seems to be the weak spot. I do agree with Michelle, though. Like, TBD on what this group actually looks like. We saw Mike Tomlin and the pregame presser talk a lot about we might see a lot of rotations to try to get the best athletes on the best athletes and maybe not necessarily stick to, like, a, a full package of starters. We might see a lot of rotation. And I, I think that honestly maybe could be could be a good thing uh, if they can get that rotation right. But I, I definitely think that's a disadvantage from the Steelers heading into week one if if this looks like the same defense we've seen in years past. Here's one thing that scares me. Almost 40% of Brock Purdy's throws last year were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Who was the number one defense in terms of EPA per play on throws at or behind the line of scrimmage last year? The Steelers. So if the Niners are going to move the ball against this offense, they're going to need to attack downfield. They're going to need to use Ayuk downfield. I think Kittle will probably be used as a pass blocker to help out poor Colton McKivitz, who's about to have the worst day of his career. So that <laughs> means you got to go downfield to Ayuk and Debo's got to get open down the field. And Michelle, you talked about it a lot last year how he just was not used down the field like a real wide receiver I think he's gonna have to be on Sunday yeah and the Steelers allowed the second most uh, receptions of 20 plus yards last year so you can get big plays against the Steelers at least on the secondary they had last year right again it may be different but they were allowing those big chunk plays two wide receivers especially like I feel like they never cover the middle. And that's really where the 49ers shine. So that does worry me a little bit with this matchup. I will say, I just wanted to point out the stat here real quick for Brock Purdy. Um, so he's, you know, still in his first 10 career games as a quarterback. There have been 21 times a quarterback has started in Pittsburgh within their first 10 career starts in the Mike Tomlin era. 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 Uh, the Steelers are 18 and three versus such quarterbacks during that span. Not bad. Ooh, not bad. I don't like that. I don't like that stat. I like that. 
Don't be bringing that stuff on the program. Uh, That's an underrated stat. It's going to be like you guys talked about the home field advantage. I feel like Brock really hadn't faced too much of that, especially because the 49ers fans are incredible when this team goes on the road. He was going to face it in Philly if he had stayed in that game in the NFC Championship game. And I think he's going to face it Sunday because I'm sure. What is it now? Acrisure Stadium. It's no yeah. longer Heinz no, Field. It's Heinz Field stats. Yeah. We don't get out of here with that Acrisure. I agree. But that's it is going to be crazy. And like I always say this with a young quarterback, like we have to find out stuff about him. We have to find out how he's going to play and respond in certain situations. And this is one of them. Yeah, he only had to play two away games last year because the Philly game, I'm not really counting that yep. as away. He didn't play. And it was against the Seahawks and the Raiders, which like the Raiders, you know, like they barely have a home field. Uh, but Aww. in his, <laughs> his splits home and away, his completion percentage dropped by 10%, 73% completion percentage at home, 63.9 away. I mean, he still had a pretty solid pass rating either way, but at home it was insanely high, 132 compared to 104 away. Mm. So we did see his efficiency drop a bit from home and away. It's really small sample size, but just something to keep an eye on there. Kate, did you see the trash talk by Patrick Peterson? I did. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna go after uh, Brock Purdy for uh, what what are those tells? He says he says yes. there are some tells uh, stats. Do you have any idea what the tells are that he could be referring to? I know. I am interested. So for anyone that doesn't know, Patrick Peterson was on the All Things Covered podcast, and he said that Niners offense has some tendencies that he feels like he could exploit. And on the podcast, they were like great. Like, what are they? Tell us about them. And he was like, no, after I get my pick on Sunday, then we'll talk about it. Which like, first of all, dude, if you think there are tells, why are you saying this publicly before the game is played? Very <laughs> weird. Second of all, if you think you know what Kyle Shanahan is going to do, that's when he's at his best. That's when he twists the knife and does something different and breaks out those chunk plays. But I actually loved Brock's response to it when they asked him about it yesterday. He could not have been more just nonchalant, like, oh, really? He said he said a lot of nice things about Patrick Peterson, and then he ended it by saying, we'll see. I loved it. I liked the little swag. You got to have that in your quarterback. The greatest, uh, the greatest thing though, was like when people started tweeting about that, we got the picture of Brock Purdy and Patrick Peterson, like little Brock Purdy in an Arizona Cardinals Jersey. And he just looks like a, I, he had to have been like what, four or five years old at that point. Cause he just looks like a little baby boy. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting, but like, I do think something that, you know, is going to be sort of a, a telling point is this is going to be an op an opportunity for people to see how like mentally strong Brock Purdy is. Obviously he's been super mentally strong to get through this rehabilitation process, a long off season, mentally draining, physically exhausting, I'm sure. But this is like one of the hostile, more hostile situations he's ever played in so far in his career. I think how he's going to bounce back to that. How is he going to, to, you know, respond to, uh, the the Patrick Peterson comment on the field. Like, is that going to rattle him? Is that going to shake his gameplay? All of these things are going to be really good opportunities for him to prove why he earned that starting job. And hopefully he does. To me, he still has a lot to prove. I know there's a lot of 49er fans that want to crown him already. I'm not doing that after eight games. I'm just not doing that. And people take that as like this big knock on Brock Purdy. It's not. 
I'm not saying I'm out on him. I'm saying I'm in wait and see mode. Steven Duckett says, hey, Rob, I'm here to back you up against your Steeler co-hosts. Okay, that's really cool. But then he added this. I will eat a spoonful of mayo if the Steelers win, Michelle. All right, Steven. You're getting other people to do it. I want to see proof. I I need to see pictures. Not even just pictures. I need to see video. Picture it didn't happen. Yeah. I'm going to eat a spoonful of mayo if the Steelers lose. I will. For the record, I have not agreed to do that. Second of all, Stephen Duckett is a YouTube channel member that is awesome. That is support right there. Stephen, if the Steelers win, you have to email us a video of you eating the mayonnaise. You can email it to goldstandardpods, P-O-D-S, at gmail.com. And you will see that on it. We will play it on the show if you do it. So that that is the kind of support we're looking for around here. So please, (laughs) thank you. Is there anything that you two are worried about 49ers offense against Steelers defense? Well, like I said, oh, like when, if George Kittle is out there fully healthy and he gets his full snaps, I am super worried about what they allow over the middle. It's like they even forget it exists sometimes. And the 49ers are just so good at u- utilizing that space and getting the yards after catch. So that definitely is what worries me the most. I do think the Steelers will do pretty good at shutting down the run overall. Um, I, I'm actually really interested about what Patrick is P- Peterson saying about the towels. Like, was there something that when you went back in the tape and you actually had time to evaluate Brock Purdy because he came in in the middle of the season. I mean, defenses mm-hmm. were just kind of going off the fly here and didn't have a whole lot to work with. Is there something that he's doing where you're like, Ooh, I can exploit this. And maybe they're still seeing him do it in the preseason as well. Uh, that team just didn't catch up on last year. So that's something of interest as well. I do think there's going to be an interception this game. In the 10 games with Watt, TJ Watt playing last year, they had 18 takeaways. They only had like five takeaways in the eight or in the seven games he didn't play. So I, I do think Watt's going to put some pressure on Purdy and it's going to make him make a, at least one big mistake in this game. First of all, we now have other people signing up to do the mayonnaise. Cinnamon Kiss, YouTube channel member, is also agreeing to do it. Again, if anybody wants to do it, send them to goldstandardpods at gmail.com. I, I can't believe I'm going to have to watch multiple videos of this, but okay, apparently that's my life now. Um, sorry, I just... Oh, the tendency thing. Yes, there's always going to be tendencies. Everybody has them. Every team has them. I was talking with Grant Cohen earlier this week, and he had a great point because Brock fans say, why does everybody talk about defenses adjusting to him? And they don't talk about how Brock himself is going to grow in his second year, which is true. But I think there's much more room for defenses to adjust to Brock and what the Niners are doing than there is for Brock Purdy to grow because he is physically limited a little bit. Is that wildly off base? No, and he didn't really have the offseason to have the chance to grow and work with his teammates until training camp, which is much shorter than other guys have. So I think this is going to be tricky for him. And these are two of the best defenses going up against each other right now. I mean, in the second half of the year, the Steelers were the number one defense in yards allowed from weeks 10 through 18. They allowed 17 or fewer points in each of their last seven games. So it's not just the 49ers who are such a stacked defense. Uh, the Steelers are as well. So this could be a really low scoring game. It could come down to kicks, especially in this weather. Uh, I really don't want it to rain because I don't love that for either side. I don't, who, who do you think it benefits if it rains, which side? I think it benefits the Steelers because has it ever rained in San Francisco? (laughs) 
Do they wow. know what the wet stuff falling from the sky is? <laughs> they played a few rain games. I think it favors Pittsburgh. The Niners have some speed on offense. Not to say that the Steelers don't, but like George Pickens, he's amazing at contested catches. If it becomes a rain game, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a lot more contested passes, and I think he'll be able to capitalize. Wedgie and Tilly says, Kate, do you think Pickett and Tomlin is a better pair than Purdy and Kyle? I think uh, mm. that's that's a that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I would probably say yes at this point. Like in this, honestly, it it has nothing to do with. Kenny Pickett or even Brock Purdy. Like I, I think for this, like, I, I think the gap between those two quarterbacks is less significant, but I think Mike Tomlin has proved to be the better and more versatile coach. I think we've seen a lot of flexibility with Mike Tomlin throughout the years in terms of how he responds to a, a you know, like we see, you know, for example, uh, Antonio Brown leaving Pittsburgh and all of a sudden everything, just the floodgates open up. Like feels like every time a player leaves Pittsburgh, we see the floodgates open up. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the command that we have in the locker room in the, in the Pittsburgh building. Like, I think that is a big part of that. I think like this, he's a, he's an absolute players coach. And I don't know that Shanahan's not a player's coach, but also at the same time, he has a lot better track record of winning he's, in the playoffs. He's a savvier mind. He's a, he's a different kind of coach. Like he totally different coaching styles. But I, I think what you've seen from Mike Tomlin is that his coaching style has been pretty resilient. I would say Kyle is better at the X's and O's. Tomlin yeah. is better at the management. Tomlin yeah. keeps crazy in check. Um, that is a great way to put it. Thank you for uh, Kyle Shanahan is, is like such a good play caller. He should just stay an offensive coordinator and he'd be the best of all time. Uh, I think the coaching aspect of it, he kind of fails out a little bit. It's the, I, I think the management part, what you just said stats is like the key to that. Cause I think, um, you know, I, I think Mike Tomlin generally, like, I, I don't think of Kyle Shanahan as like the most flexible coach. Like he brought Trey Lance in here wanted Trey Lance to execute his system mm -hmm. and do it my way and execute it this way. He's not, he's not coaching a team that's fit to, you know, build around what, what the skilled position players are, are good at. He's finding skilled position players that fit what he wants to do and how he wants to do it, which it's working, right. It's worked to this point for the most part, but like, you know, for as much, uh, you know, smarts and x's and o's is that'll you know get you in the win column i also think that you know part of being a good coach is having flexibility and playing to the strengths of your players and not just forcing them to play to your own strengths 42 and 24 in san francisco over the last four seasons is kyle shanahan shout out to kyle tanny new youtube channel member thank you very much he asks who will have the first turnover you mentioned interceptions a little while ago, Michelle. Do you know the Niners and Steelers tied for the NFL lead in interceptions last year with 20? Who do you think has the first turnover? Well, that's super impressive because they didn't get really any turnovers without Watt. So for them to even tie with Watt missing seven of those games and them having five turnovers total in those seven games is pretty insane. I do think this is my call. This is my wild call. And if this happens, you do have to eat mayonnaise, okay? If this one happens. Uh, the first kickoff, right? 
The Steelers okay. kick off to the 49ers. Ray Ray McLeod catches the ball. He brings it out of the end zone. He gets it. It looks like it's going to be a really good return. Like he's at the 30. It looks like he has space. First guy gets there, knocks that ball out, and the Steelers get the ball at the San Francisco 35. Very specific prediction. Yeah, okay. I'll sign for that. If that happens, I will eat a spoonful of mayonnaise. 100%. Okay. <laughs> If you if that happens, you will hear the scream from Connecticut, where I am, by the way. Um, Paul says, no, Kyle is way better offensively than Tomlin is a defensive well, head coach. Tomlin is a better coach. Well, yeah, they're different. Yeah, Kyle's an offensive coach, Tomlin's defense. Yeah, they're, they're we're just talking coaches. about head coach. Yeah, I, I think I think that that sort of, like, they're again, they could not be two more different okay coaches. i will say this for sure kyle shanahan and brock purdy is 100,000 times better than kenny pickett and matt canada so yeah. I'll, I'll give you that <laughs> easily easily uh pen amore canada, says duh. wow okay did you really just just give me a matt canada i'm gonna be such a good dad one day because <laughs> yeah seriously yeah that's all i got uh pen um, uh, pern amore says i'll still be happy if my niners lose because mahomes lost that doesn't make any sense to me like i get being frustrated at mahomes i'm not the i don't care what happens to my team as long as this rival loses also like that's not how i roll i only care about what happens to my team i also don't think the chiefs think of the 49ers as their rival yeah no I i don't think so either let's flip it around now before we get to best bets how are the Steelers going to attack the 49ers defense? Cause I'm very worried about the wide receivers against the Niners corners. Yeah. And as you should be, because we've talked about this, the secondary was not as good as people thought like the 49ers defense was number one. Yes. But their secondary did allow a lot. The eight, their pass defense ranked 20th in pass yards allowed per game. They allowed the six most receiving yards per game to wide receivers last year. And when you're just looking at the wide receivers and the target separation they allowed, they allowed the fourth most yards per uh, target in terms of separation yards allowed. Only the Cardinals, the Bears, and the Texans allowed more yards per target and separation. And then uh, open targets, percentage-wise, looking here at next-gen, they ranked fifth worst at allowing the fifth most open percentage of targets. Only the Texans, Cardinals, Rams, and Bears were worse. So, like, they were not a good secondary last year. The pass rush saved them. Now, mm-hmm. Nick Bosa's is back. They have Javon Hargrave. The pass rush could be absolutely amazing again in this matchup. It all depends on how improved the Steelers' offensive line really is, how much they can protect Kenny Pickett. And if Pickett has time, I do think this secondary could be carved up. It's just you need Nick Bosa and Hargrave to come out and just destroy and yes. mess everything up for Pickett and the offense. And the the gap, I, I was just looking at Kenny Pickett's uh, stats from last season in terms of, um, you know, throwing from a clean pocket versus, you know, while under pressure. Actually, like a very minimal difference in production, I will say, which is completely and totally bizarre. Um, but in terms of like his efficiency as a passer, usually you'll see like a pretty significant drop off in that passer efficiency when a quarterback is under pressure. Um, as long as they're like a generally good quarterback, you'll see that, that drop off, but Kenny Pickett, actually the, the margin for error there was not as significant as I would have thought. Um, hmm. you also had, you know, a, a lot of upgrades on the offensive line, Isaac Salamalo, a great free agency addition, 
um, at guard. I think the way that the Steelers are going to win this game, if they do, it's going to be by attacking the cornerback position. Traverius Ward did not practice yesterday suddenly with a heel injury. How like temperature check on that heel injury? What is going on? (laughs) I don't know. That popped up out of nowhere, but Kyle Shanahan was on KMBR later that day and said it didn't think it was a big thing. He was pretty confident that Ward was going to play, but still, he didn't practice. So it wasn't a not- limited practice. It was a did not participate, which is and also like weird. if he's not fully healthy out there and he's on a guy like George, or I would say Deontay Johnson more. You would think he's going to cover him, but Deontay Johnson is one of the better route runners in this league. Yes. And- he needs to be fully healthy to do that. And then we know George Pickens can make those crazy plays. So you want him to be fully healthy. It all really comes like how much trust, like how much are you believing that Ambry Thomas has actually made that huge leap this year? <laughs> that just gives me the chance. <laughs> Ambry Thomas. No, 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 no. Please, God. Uh, Chris Waddell says if Colton McKivitz can line up the same as that Chiefs guy last night and be allowed to false start every down, he'll shut down TJ Watt. Niners by 10, 27, 17. The, the false start thing, like refs seem to let that go, but he was lining up Ridiculous. literally in the wrong spot. Your head has to at least be at the waist of the center. That is the rule. He was behind the center's ass. It was so far past where he's allowed to be i don't understand how he was allowed to get away with it because especially because they had that rough analyst come on and say yeah he's lining up in the wrong spot by far are they not able to call down i thought they had that access now to call down and let them know what's happening like fix this but i also was kind of surprised that like you didn't see the Chiefs correct this. I know, like, I, I feel like they're mm-hmm. a team that... Because they were getting they're destroyed getting, by getting... Aiden Hutchinson, and the only way they're going to stop him is by having Jerron Taylor be cheating, and they weren't getting called, so you might as well keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, at some point, you're going to get penalized for that, and it's going to bite you in the butt. Like, it, and it did. It Like, it caught it, like... I, I just don't feel like the Chiefs, and maybe this is me giving too much credit to the Chiefs, but, like, don't feel like they're a team that, like, is trying to necessarily squeak one by like i feel like they'd rather do things and not put themselves at risk for for offensive penalties especially without travis kelsey in the mix like it was was every play i'm just sitting there like do the cheat does the offense really need another advantage against the defense like damn man you got to feel for those defenders antonio watching on youtube says the game's going to come down to whether kenny pickett has the time in the pocket to hit george pickens on deep throws preventing big plays through the pass rush is how the niners are going to win that's how their defense is set up that they want four down linemen to get pressure to keep seven in coverage i don't know if it's going to be enough because like with pickens even if if i'm Pickett, i'm throwing him at least two just i'm throwing it i'm making up my mind the play starts 50 50 ball if it's picked Okay, but I have more faith in George Pickens to make a play on. You got to do that a couple of times if you're picking. What's really wild, though, if you look at last year, I was actually shocked by this. I just came about the stat. Kenny Pickett, A, had the worst passer rating in the league last year among qualified quarterbacks. This is a well-known thing. But when he was targeting George Pickens, he had 119.5 passer rating when just targeting George Pickens. I mean, and they were both rookies last year, so that's super impressive. That was the third highest passer rating among quarterback wide receiver duos in the NFL wow. last season with a guy's minimum 50 targets, right? The top two were Tua and Jalen Waddle, and then Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. This is nice company to be around. Like, I think George Pickens might be the real deal. 
So if Kenny Pickett actually takes that step forward, this could be a scary, scary combination here. And I don't know if the 49ers are fully like aware of it. Yeah. I don't know if any of the NFL teams are fully aware of it yet. So I do think they could be a surprise here. That's where I really don't want it to be raining. Cause I just, I, I think, I don't think the Steelers can win the ground and pound game. I don't think Najee Harris is going to be able to go out there and win this game for them. I think it's going to have to be done with these big plays. And if it's raining and it's wet and people are dropping passes, that scares me. I completely agree with you. I think everything for the Niners starts with shutting down the Steelers running game. Stop that, force them to have to drop back and pass. And then that's where you're playing into the hands of the Niners defensive line. So hopefully that happens. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Najee Harris doesn't really get off to a good start. Kate, tell me about Jalen Warren. Do I need to be worried about him? He's on my fantasy team in the league that we're in. I don't know why I drafted him, but I did. Is is it a thing? Am I, where is, what's up with him? I, so Jalen Warren, undrafted rookie from the 2022 class, not a, not a Najee Harris type running back. He is a speedster. He is going to be a home run hitter. Um, And I, I do think that, you know, we've kind of overblown this narrative because of the fact that he's been getting a lot of work in training camp. Now, that's great. He's been getting a lot of work in training camps, a lot of work in the preseason, but the narrative has largely been, this is Najee Harris's workload. This is Najee Harris's team. Um, they seemingly have been like putting him in bubble wrap, uh, which I think is probably a, uh, you know, response to a foot injury that he suffered last preseason or last training camp, hampered mm-hmm. him for the whole first half of the season, finally looked a little better after the bye week Um, you know, I, I think Jalen Warren couldn't be the, best or could be the best sort of complimentary back for Najee Harris. But I still think like I'm projecting Najee Harris for 75% of the running back touches. I do think in this game though, the Steelers might be smart to play more Jalen Warren. You know what this reminds me of? Remember when the, uh, the 49ers were going up against the Cowboys in the playoffs last year. And anytime they gave it to Ezekiel Elliott, you're like, Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Like the 49ers are really good stopping those power backs like that. Right. But Jalen Warren offers a lot of speed. So he's more like the Tony Pollard type. He's not going to like in fantasy. I want nothing to do with Jalen Warren. I don't think he's going to get enough touches, but I do think as a 49ers fan, you should be more worried when Jalen Warren is back there than when Najee Harris is. Yes. I, I think he's probably going to be more of the key. Like he is, he is, I think the bigger threat to the 49ers just based on the way that the 49ers play defense and are so heavy up front. That's, that's not so much like Jalen Warren's not going to be your guy that's hitting in between the tackles. Um, He's going to be, you know, finding space and breaking off long runs. So agree with you. I do think that like as a 49ers fan, you should be, most nervous when he's he's the one getting the carries here but i still think we're probably gonna see Najee harris continue to get that workload even if he's not maybe the most efficient i don't think anybody would project an efficient run game he'll get the necessarily like when they're short yardage like i trust Najee to get it done right um maybe not against this defense that's gonna be worrisome but in general Najee's the better short yardage guy so if he's out there in short yardage i'm down for that but I will say if Jalen Warren gets the ball, he can take it to the house on any given play. Mm-hmm. I saw that smile come across your face when I mentioned I put him on my fantasy team. Michelle has been slandering my fantasy team in the text. Wait, Stats, Stats it- it's so bad. Stats, you didn't even, I don't even know if you tried. Like, I don't I'm- I, No, He tried just like. 
uh, I don't like you have. I don't know. Staff. Okay. I don't know. That how was to help a lot you. of. That was a lot of conversation. I don't know how to help you, Stats. This was. Hey, that's not very nice. We we invited you into the league, and this is hey, the thanks. Peter, you didn't have the worst draft. I can't remember who it was, but I'm pretty sure they were using a draft cheat sheet from 2021. Let's get into some best bets. We haven't done this in a whole year. I always enjoy this on a Friday. Best bets from 49ers Steelers. First of all, Michelle, how many do you have for us this week? I have one, two, three. I have three and a half because the fourth one I don't feel great about. Okay. Do you want to start with that one then? We'll, We'll work our way up. No, 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 no. We'll start. I've got, I've got two. Okay, uh, has two, and I, I have. Um. Oh, we have the same one. How fun! Let's start with the one that we have the same one on. So okay. obviously, we feel very good about this. George Pickens' longest reception over nineteen and a half receiving yards. How random that we both have that. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't compare notes before this. This uh, podcast here. This just comes down like obviously you know George Pickens he's the big play guy and this is like when we were talking about susceptibilities for the 49ers talked about this as being a potential point of emphasis for the Pittsburgh Steelers George Pickens 11 of 17 games that he played last season his longest reception was 23 yards or longer like I, I think this is a, a matchup conducive bet but just speaks to the way that he is targeted down the field and his play style. And, and I think this is a smash. Yeah. So I pulled up his numbers from last year. He had 17 receptions of 20 plus receiving yards. Next closest on the team was seven, but I just, I just wanted to compare this to other folks, right? So 17 receptions with 20 plus receiving yards ranks for tied for 11th most in the league, but everyone above him had at least 114 targets on the season. He had 84. Wow. So to compare, he tied for the most such receptions with Stefan Diggs, who had 154 targets. And Stefan Diggs brought in 17 receptions of 20 plus yards. Then there was Jamar Chase. He had 134 targets. He had 13 receptions of 20 plus yards. Garrett Wilson, 147, 13 receptions. So what George Pickens did on his little usage and Having 17 of these receptions is insane. Also in an offense that barely throws long. I mean, last year they were throwing short nonstop. So for him to do this is truly impressive. And he's already had two receptions of 20 plus yards just in the preseason. They played five drives and he already had two of them. So I I really expect him to at least do it one time in this game. Chris Waddell, YouTube channel member says, interesting, Michelle talking about the Steelers is more hopeful in feelings when talking about them and more analytical when talking about the 49ers. That's why you need a non-fan on in the on the channel. Yes, I agree. You are outside the bubble. But now, of course, you're in the bubble. Yeah. But uh, I agree. We like the perspective on the 49ers. But, yeah, you're like all of us when you talk about your team. We all have to be a little hopeful. If you can't be hopeful before week one, it's going to be a long season for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm going to be crying when the 49ers beat the Steelers, like, 35 to 7. And then my <laughs> dreams and hopes are... To, you know, yeah, I'll be eating my mayo with some tears coming down my face. Yeah, when well, George Pickens' uh, longest reception is is 19 yards on the dot, <laughs> you know that's yeah. gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I well, I hope it is. Let me just say that. Um, okay, uh, Kate, what was your other bet? Uh, Brock Purdy under 30.5 pass attempts, which feels like a crazy line to me. I'm not totally sure what we're what we're getting at. Um, Purdy started. Uh, what a full was it eight games in his career? No, mm-hmm. uh, 
yeah no yeah Thunder. yeah <laughs> um no. yeah and no. it, like we we saw in all of these games um you know there was just one effort of more or 31 or more pass attempts it was week 17 against the raiders which was an absolute shootout like that was not a normal that was not a normal 49ers defensive effort uh, especially when it comes against the the las vegas raiders um not not a good showing and I, I don't expect this to be a high scoring game i definitely don't expect that we're going to see the second most pass attempts in brock purdy's career his first game returning from yeah. tommy john surgery i like there's no way in hell no way in hell i'm taking the under so easy and it's it's plus 110 odds so you wow. you get plus money betting this bet which i think is um ludicrous yeah for anyone that doesn't know plus 110 means bet a hundred dollars win a hundred ten dollars so yeah that's that's a pretty favorable bet um i i don't think the 49ers want him to throw that many times if everything goes the way they plan he's gonna throw like 25 27 passes they're gonna run the ball like 30 times and they're just going to control the clock that way. That's what the 49ers want to do. The only way he hits this over is if things go foobar for the Niners, basically, like they did in that what Raiders that game. Foobar. Foobar? You don't know foobar? I've never, never heard of foobar, but you're you're like 20 years older than us, so maybe it's F an old up Beyond all recognition, foobar. Oh, fun. All right. Apparently, I'm the old guy. I'm using the old slang. Okay, Dad. 20, 24-29ers, you guys are jerks. All right, so that is two bets from Kate. Michelle, you had said you've got some others. What do you like for us? Yeah, so uh, a lot like George Pickens. You know I love those longest receptions, right? So I'm mm -hmm. going Brandon Ayuk over 22 and a half receiving yards for his longest reception of the game. So this is the thing. I was just talking about the guys who had a ton of long receptions last year. George Pickens and Ayuk both had 17 receptions of 20 plus yards. And that guy who had the next fewest targets to do it was Brandon Ayuk. So it was Brandon yeah. Ayuk and George Pickens getting it done on few opportunities last year. The Steelers allowed the second most receptions of 20 plus yards to wide receivers last season. And then when if you're just looking at what Brock Purdy did with Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk uh, had six receptions of 20 plus yards with Brock Purdy last year. Purdy only threw two other passes of 20 plus yards that were completed. It was Ray Ray McLeod had one and Jawan Jennings had one. That's it. And then Ayuk <laughs> uh, had the six others. So it seems like Ayuk uh, is that guy that's going to be the deep threat, going to be utilized in that way. And yes, I think the Steelers secondary is going to be better, but they're still not going to be like on. Like they're not going to be dominant where they're shutting everybody down. So I don't think Brandon Ayuk has a huge game, but I do think he has one big play. He's going to get some chances. And the nice thing, like with Pickens, I feel like if he's going to get it, it's got to basically all be through the air. Whereas with Ayuk, he could catch a five yard pass and just run for the rest of it. So you do have that. Uh, Benjamin says that Fubar has roots in the Vietnam war. Rob, welcome to being old. Well, okay. Sorry. Um, Tannis says kids these days. I mean, look, I, I am 38. What do you want from me? I am who I am. Okay. Uh, I like all the bets so far. So we've got three on the board. You say you have two more, Michelle? Uh, well, one more I feel good about, and then I'll give you one other one. Uh, okay. Brock Purdy over one interception. Well, over it just has to be one interception because it's over 0. .5. Over 0. .5. Okay. 
So this used to be our favorite bet with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You say do it mm -hmm. every time, but I, I like it for this one. I'm saying Patrick Peterson is maybe calling a shot and I think it might happen. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be the one that gets it, but I do think Brock Purdy throws an interception in this game. We know that Purdy got away with a, a lot of almost interceptions last year. He's been throwing picks in practice. He's just coming off that surgery, but also like this is going to be a hostile environment. I think TJ Watt's going to get to him, make him be, you know, make mistakes. And I've brought this up many times now throughout this 44 minute podcast, but the Steelers had 18 takeaways in the 10 games that Watt played. Watt is just such a difference maker and making quarterback quarterbacks make stupid decisions. And I think he at least has one interception in this game. We saw Patrick Mahomes get an interception last night there's a still photo of the interception going around. The ball is literally in the middle of the receiver's hands. That Kadarius Tony, I think he threw it yeah. to. And not only was it not caught, it bounced off his hands for an interception that went for a touchdown, but the ball is in his hands. We could see that, you know, sometimes I think people think interception, they think like, Oh, quarterback makes a bad decision or something like that. It could just be a fluke thing like that. I don't like, I felt a lot safer about this bet when Jimmy was the quarterback. Brock only threw four, and I know he got away with some. I don't feel as confident about this one. I might abstain from this one, although normally I know. I'm I'm right there with you. Um, the pressure up front, I, I do think the Steelers are going to get some pressure up front, and I, I think Minka Fitzpatrick, there is just I, – I feel like there are a few safeties in the league that have this innate ability to be – literally wherever the ball is like <laughs> he is a magnet for the ball and anytime it's, it's tipped in the air minka will be there he's just there like yeah. it, he could not be there he could be like 40 yards away and then suddenly the ball's tipped and he's like, boom there he's amazing actually the two of those safeties are in this game hufanga is the same way not as good as minka because minka's incredible but like they're both kind of ball hawking safeties that's the only one so far that I'm not going to join you in. What's the one you're not totally confident in? It's Christian McCaffrey over 97 and a half scrimmage yards. When I saw this, I was thinking, okay, this is a smash. Like I expect Christian McCaffrey to have a hundred scrimmage yards in this game. But then I went and looked and he did majority of the time have at least a hundred scrimmage yards. He hit it in eight of his 13 games played with the 49ers. He hit a hundred plus scrimmage yards and that's not counting the chiefs game. Cause I don't count that as an actual game. He was there. Right. So okay. eight of 13 games, he actually played a lot of snaps. He hit a hundred plus scrimmage yards, which is a, a pretty good percentage when you're thinking about bets. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I am a little bit worried about them trying to get Elijah Mitchell more involved. Is he full? Is he fully healthy? Is he playing? He's going to play as far as we know, he should be good to go. Okay. And then if you have, you know, you have all the other weapons, Kittle and Diva, I do think though, if this is a rain game, they have to try to establish dumps and the run, get those shorter passes to McCaffrey and over the middle is a weakness of the Steelers. So I do think McCaffrey should hit this. I just, this is the one I'm not as, on but I would not take if I had to bet one of the over or the under I'm taking the over wedge and Tidley oh nope sorry about that wrong one uh hind says any Juwan Jennings bets Michelle let me answer this for you no because Michelle hates Juwan Jennings with an irrational burning passion <laughs> he's gonna score a touchdown against my ceiling and I bet you his anytime touchdown score is probably like plus 10,000 so, or maybe not that much, but 
go look at that because I just know personally how things work in this football universe. And it's always against you. The football gods are going to have Juwan Jennings score a touchdown against yeah, me. Like four, there was one point where we ended up having this, uh, I don't know, it was amid our Rashad Penny uh, obsession. <laughs> the Seahawks played the Pittsburgh Steelers and like, I'm telling you, it was like crickets for Rashad Penny. And we looked like idiots. We were being blasted on social media ev everywhere. Of course, we're at the game. And Rashad Penny has his breakout game against us while we're there watching the game. Mm. So we're like, like every everything that could go wrong, whether it's like we're rooting for a player and then they finally break out against Zach the Moss won the game for the Bills against yep. the Steelers, like his mm -hmm. only good game in his freaking career. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what does this person mean, Stats? Hey, you wants to know if you're stealing Wi-Fi from your neighbor because you kind of were uh, frozen and going oh. in and out on me. You're not, mm -hmm. are you? No, we're not. Sorry. I wish. God. That would be so nice. <laughs> Let's not wish we were committing crimes while we're live during broadcast. No, we're not <laughs> doing it. I just wish I could do it. Michelle, do you have a final score prediction? All right. I think this is good. It, this actually, the over-under for this game is lower than I thought it would be. 41 and a half points. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to go 23 Steelers. 21-49ers. Why did you give the score like that? I was thinking. 23-21. 23-21. Okay, Kate? Um, I was thinking... Uh, yeah, there's really nothing left in that mimosa. Um, I was thinking 23-17. Why are you copying me with 23? How often is 23? I already thought 23. Okay, she's such a copycat. No, I'm not. I already thought 23. It's not my fault you got to talk first. This is our life. <laughs> Why are you copying me with 23? Like no one else could pick 23. All right. I picked the Niners to win in this game. I'll pick, uh, gee, I don't know. 23-21 Niners. <gasps> pick your real one. <laughs> no, honestly, I do think the Niners, that's where the Niners are going to be in this ballpark. They don't score a ton of points. I... I think the Niners will get one turnover. I think there'll probably be multiple turnovers in this game, and they may come the same way. I think the quarterbacks are going to fumble the ball. I think they're both going to be under a lot of pressure. Ooh. I think we're going to be quarterback fumbles, and we're going to get short fields for the other team. So that may push the Niners over that uh, that low-scoring mark. What is it, 17 points per game in week one under Kyle Shanahan? So I think the Niners will be in the 23-point range, and I think the Steelers are going to make enough big plays to get them in position to score points. So it's going to be close. I don't like that it's coming down to a one-score game, but correct me if I'm wrong, every Steelers home game last year came down to one possession? That I don't know. That's a good stat, though. Uh, that's what I heard. I didn't, I didn't double-check it, so you know, I'm just randomly going with things that I've heard through the grapevine, but still, I don't love that. Generally, home teams are better in one-possession games, but I'll go 23-21 Niners. Um, get, a, get a leg up on you in our competition, which you I You guys always... are like, what, did I just put 23 in both of your guys' heads? Like, this is not a normal number for it, teams to end on. No. Once I, you got upset I, about I, it, I had to pick head. it. I did it just to piss you off. Kate did it for a legitimate reason. Okay, okay. Um, well, now I'm going to change it to 26-23 Steelers. <laughs> you think the Steelers are going to put up almost 30? 26. That's a lot. Jeez. Oh, Niner, uh, Niner, Niner Fate says these ladies are tripping. 
tripping on champagne. Yeah, well, that that's actually true. Uh, what is this? A wet bridge says Michelle Mayo for a moody game winner. Basically, people just want to see you eat mayonnaise. They're just well, coming. Hey, I've I've said I will do mayonnaise if the Steelers lose. So if Jake Moody, you know, hits the game winner, then I'm gonna have to do it. Yeah. There you go. She just Can you imagine? Mimosa, so if you're gonna ask her to to do this, um, now's the time. Uh huh. I always say the end of the show gets spicy because the mimosa gets emptier. And we always appreciate that. <laughs> Before we go, shout out to Gwama Naught. Weird handle, but okay. You became a YouTube channel member. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I will say this. If Jake Moody's in a position to kick a game-tying or game-winning field goal and he misses, oh my Lord, there will be a revolt. In Pittsburgh San is historically not a great it's place. It's a hard, to hard field place. Goals. Yeah. So that's not a great place to debut as a kicker. Where did I'm Jake sorry. Moody go to school again? Michigan. Okay, so he's used to was that in a dome though? No, the big house is not a dome. Okay. So he's used to bad weather. He's used to really bad weather. He's supposedly used to everything, and yet he gets out there and he still freaking misses. So and why just... is he so moody? Apparently he's not. We heard all these stories about how mentally tough he is and all this stuff. We'll find out, I guess. He's so moody. Uh, before we go, I want to get one last very important note in here from Rick. What about the Seahawks? They stink. Yes, they do. And anytime we can sneak that in on the show, I think it's fair to do. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show. I was so excited when I saw the schedule come out because I know you're a Steelers fan and now, of course, covering the Steelers for SB Nation. Tell everybody where they can follow you and follow your work. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter uh, or X or whatever the hell you call it these days at Kate Majuk. That's K-A-T-E-M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. Um, just click the the rewind button like a couple times if you need to replay that. Um, you can follow my work over at Behind the Steel Curtain where I'm covering the Pittsburgh Steelers for SB Nation, also covering uh, as a fantasy football analyst for Pro Football Focus and Yahoo Fantasy Sports this year. So uh, lots of work. You can't avoid me. And then, of course, I do the Ball Blast podcast with my awesome co-host, and wife. I was gonna, yeah, I thought you were going to say wife, but then you went co-host. Like, All right. Wow, I literally clenched up when you said when you said co-host and not wife. I was like, please, please say it, please say it. This is going to be terrible. I forgot. And I sh I should point out too, Michelle, your fantasy column is it up on NFL.com yet? No, it'll start after week one. So it's going to be a buy and sell uh, column each week after, you know, guys go off, guys have disappointing performances, who I think you should uh, go be trading for selling off each week. So you can find that in NFL.com. There you go. So you need some more modules in your life. You know where to get it. I forgot about PFF and all the other stuff that you do, kid. I apologize for that. Thanks again, everybody. Join us after the game live. Levin and I will be on YouTube on this channel streaming Good, Bad, or Ugly immediately after the game ends. Please come and join us. I so miss those instant reaction shows after games. We get so much interaction. So please, please, please make sure you do that. Like and subscribe now. Hit the little bell so you'll know right when we go live. There you go. You won't miss anything. Thanks again, everybody. Have a good weekend. Bye, y'all. <laughs>